We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Every year, when we read Parshat Miketz, we arrive at this moment where Joseph, of course, has been in the pit. And the rise of Joseph from the pit to the palace is a fairy tale story of a self-made man who becomes a very, very powerful and influential and wealthy man. A man who at the age of 17 was the chosen son of his father, Yaakov, who gifted him with a ketonet pasim, with a coat of many colors, singled him out as the ben habichor, the ben hanivchar, from all of the other children. The story of Joseph is a story of a family that is torn apart literally and figuratively by jealousy, by a sense of there not being enough, which of course plagues the entire book of Genesis. Is there enough? The screams of Joseph's uncle Esau, do you have only one blessing, my father? Resounds through history and through every single society, every culture, every family. Is there only enough for one? Says Esau. And sure enough, Jacob repeats the pattern. He wasn't chosen by his father, and so he chooses Joseph. Joseph wears a coat of many colors, and Joseph is a dreamer, and Joseph is thrown into the pit, and Joseph, as we know from the musical, is 17 years old when he goes down to Egypt, and from 17 to 30, 20, um, 13 years, Joseph is moving his way through the ranks. He's thrown into the dungeon for a false accusation of seducing his mistress. And in the dungeon, in the Beta Soar, he becomes, he moves from a dreamer to a dream interpreter. He moves from someone who has his own dreams to someone who knows how to interpret the dreams of someone else. And that becomes the key to his liberation. If he's thrown into a pit because he shares his dreams inappropriately with his brothers, he is removed from the pit because he is the one to whom others can share their dreams appropriately. And so Joseph becomes the one who is receiving dreams. And so he receives the dreams of Sarah Mashke and the Sarofim of Baker and a, a wine steward in the, in the prison. And then they forget him. They make a promise. They say that when we get out of here, we're going to come back and get you. And nothing happens. Two years go by and nothing happens. Joseph is waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, two years later, Joseph now is 30. And Pharaoh has two dreams. And the two dreams are about something that no one can figure out. There are fat cows and skinny cows and fat stalks of wheat and skinny stalks of wheat. And nobody can figure it out. Nobody can figure out what the symbolism of the dream means. And then all of a sudden someone says, Ah, oh, I remember. Hmm. I remember. I remember that I made a promise to a certain Jewish or Hebrew slave. I said, when we get out of here, we're going to come back and get you. And I forgot. But he's the man. He's the man. 
He's got the app. He's got the dream app. He knows you put your dream in and he's going to plug it out. So they come and they, they quickly grab Joseph and they, they shave him and they put on new clothing and he stands before the most powerful human on earth. The text could tell us more, like, was he nervous? Were his knees shaking? Was he rehearsing what he was going to say? Or was he just like, okay, it's going to be, I'm going to be okay. I've seen it all. And there Joseph stands before Pharaoh, and we know the story, right? He tells him the seven, the, the two dreams are really one dream, and the reason why it's repeated twice is because it has, it's going to happen really quickly. And the seven cows and the seven fat stalks of wheat, same thing. They are seven years of plenty. And the seven lean cows and the seven lean or skinny stalks of wheat are seven years of ra'av, of famine. It's going to be really, really, really good. And then it's going to be really, really, really bad. And the reason why the skinny cows swallowed up the fat cows and the skinny stalks swallowed the fat stalks, why is that? Because during the years of famine, you won't even remember how good it was. It'll be completely subsumed by the pain and the crisis and the stress. And that's where we find ourselves now. So they have seven years. Joseph is now 37 years old. 37 years old and seven years just as he predicted. There is so much wheat, so much nourishment, so much. And Joseph, the brilliant administrator, decided, I have a good idea. This is what you should do. You should gather in all of the wheat, all of the food, and put it into granaries, because when it comes, it's going to come. <clears throat> and that's where I think Shira is going to be beginning. Verse 43. <clears throat> the seven years of plenty now come to an end. And the seven years of famine Winter is coming. For those of you who know that reference, winter is coming. It comes. Two years. Just as Joseph had predicted, and there's a famine even in the land of Egypt and they come to Pharaoh and they scream for bread give us bread Yosef, what are you coming to me? go to Joseph Joseph knows whatever he says he's got good advice so Joseph has prepared Joseph, because Joseph is smart, and Joseph is me, Joseph is Itamar, Joseph is you, and all of us, Sam, even. Joseph isn't just a character in the Torah, Joseph is me, you. What do we do with surplus? What do we do when we have extra of anything? Extra time, extra money, extra space, why is Joseph's idea so radical? Here's what you should do, he says. I mean, if you're sitting there in Pharaoh's palace and you're thinking to yourself, the first thing was brilliant. Seven cows, seven years, never would have got that. I would have thought seven steaks, seven quarts of milk, seven years? Hmm, wow, whew, that's brilliant. And then the next part is, 
So you're going to have tons and tons of wheat and food. And I'm telling you that in seven years, nisht. You won't be able to lift a finger. And then he says, I have a genius idea. Collect all of the extra wheat and save it for then. You're thinking, okay, that's what I would have done. That's probably like what I would, unless it's not what you would do. Unless during times of plenty, we don't prepare for times where there isn't. Unless we don't actually have a practice of of containing, of holding. Unless we just, whenever it comes in, it goes out. Yosef becomes not only the one in Kabbalah and in Chassidut, not just the one who gives out food, but he becomes our ability to contain something, anything. Who do we tell our dreams to? We talked about this this morning. Joseph becomes the one who by the end of the story is not talking to his brothers directly until he knows it's safe because he has to leak apek. This whole story is about what we do when we have enough and more than enough and what we do with it. Now, I'm, not, I'm the last person here to give anybody advice on how to use their money, their time, or their talent. But I'm certainly the first person to take this advice. Because... I know, like everybody, that it's hard to imagine when things won't be as they are today. It's hard to plan for the future because we live for the present, even though we don't live in the present. And so I wanted to call for this first Aliyah this morning, this first group Aliyah here at Romamu. We open, this is called Open Up. It's up, you can come up, and it's open to anyone. The first Aliyah this morning is for those who need the bracha, the blessing of what it is to save. The practice of saving. And you can put it where you want. You can put Yosef, a little Yosef over here, a little Yosef over there. The ability to contain appropriately because you know that you're going to need it later on. Whatever the it is. If it's money, if it's time, how do we gather together all of the hotel, all the dive hotel, all of the, the yeter. There's a friend of mine who said, you know, I'm so lucky because all of us in this country, no matter who you are, has surplus of something. Surplus time that you can volunteer to help people. Surplus means we have a coat drive going on right now and I'm really surprised that we only have like 20 coats because all of us have extra coats that we don't know what to do with, but we just can't say goodbye to because one day we might need it. But it's surplus. What do you do with your surplus? So I want to call forward for the first Aliyah this morning, all of those who are hearing the power of saving in their lives and are dedicating themselves in some way to give time to thinking about what you do with your surplus, what you do with your extra for this first Aliyah. Please come forward if that speaks to you this morning.